a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Deus Ex Media. Harry kicked off hard from the ground. The cool night air rushed through his hair as the neat square gardens of Privet Drive fell away, shrinking rapidly into a patchwork of dark greens and blacks, and every thought of the ministry hearing was swept from his mind as though the rush of air had blown it out of his head. He felt as though his heart was going to explode with pleasure. He was flying again, flying away from Privet Drive, as he had been fantasizing about all summer. He was going home. For a few glorious moments, all his problems seemed to recede into nothing, insignificant in the vast starry sky. Welcome to the restricted section where we love our trans friends. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Chapter 3, The Advanced Guard. In this chapter, everyone comes to rescue Harry from Number 4 Privet Drive. And when I say everyone, I mean like, like kind of a lot of people, including some fun character intros. I wonder who... Welcome to the restricted section, and we do not have a secret keeper. Do not attempt to figure out our location. Don't even worry about it. How about that? My co-host today is Advanced Guard number two, Layla. Say hello to the listeners, Layla. Hello to the listeners. And I'm extremely excited because our special guest today is Dan, host of Hogwarts, a podcast. Say hello to the listeners, Dan. Hey, thank you. Hello to everybody. Thank you for having me on. Uh, we're so glad that you're here. Tell the listeners if they haven't heard about Hogwarts a podcast yet, what is the show about? Is it maybe really similar to this one? Because <laughs> it, it is. It is very similar. We go through the series chapter by chapter. We're we're newbies. We're only about a year old. So congrats. Uh, thank you. On the year. First year is the hardest. It is the hardest. Well, honestly, this has grown a lot faster than I thought it would. So awesome. Great. Yeah. It's great. It's incredible. It's a great problem to have because now we got to keep up and keep up in our game. But that's cool. Uh, but hell yeah. yeah, but like a nervous hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we drop our episodes every Saturday and it's just me and a bunch of my friends talking about it uh, every week. Uh, we are about to start Goblet of Fire soon. So we're a, almost a full book behind you guys. But Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I guess, it, listeners, if you miss book four, just head on back with Hogwarts the <laughs> Podcast. Do it all over again. It's so many chapters. I think one of our uh, guests did the math, and we're set to finish book four in, like, June. And, like, mm -hmm. the whole yeah. podcast would be done at, like, May 31st, 2025. She's good at math. Yeah, I, I actually... I actually can't speak about this because it gives me crippling anxiety, but let's just say that I just pulled up when the epilogue of this podcast is supposed to come out, the epilogue, the 19 years later, that's, yeah. uh, everyone stay tuned, March 12th, 2025, everyone. Oh my God. It's crazy, I right? I hate it. What if I've mothered a child by then? You Layla, know? I don't know how to answer that. I know. Christina doesn't <laughs> like it when I say that. We love and respect all, all babies on this podcast. Um, but if you're a baby, don't listen. It's rated explicit. <laughs> Get out of here, babies. <laughs> so, Dan, oh, I forgot to ask you this first. What are your pronouns? Uh, he, him. Awesome. 
what is your very hairy history? What, uh, where, when did you first read it or watch it? Yeah. How did you get into it? Uh, so I am one of those original Harry Potter uh, lovers. Like I started this when I was eleven in like fifth mm-hmm. grade. Uh, I was gonna say when someone says that they're part of the original Harry Potter fandom, I can I can guess your age within like a five year window. Yeah. you know, and I'm <laughs> like, ah, so nice, one of us. It's it's too long ago at this point, but yeah, it was uh, it was kind of an interesting because I went to a Catholic grade school, uh, and uh, yeah, but my fifth grade teacher actually brought it into the English class. That's incredible. It is what a miracle. Yeah, yeah, it really is. So a that, miracle from God. That kind of got me hooked on it, and then uh, the first book I read on my own was Prisoner of Azkaban. So wow, yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love how many people say that that a teacher handed them or read to them Harry Potter. That's just so cool and awesome. For sure. For sure. And I know you guys are very uh, excited to have me on for this one because I actually really like Order of the Phoenix. Like, oh, are you? And I were just saying, like, God, we really need to get some people on who like this book. Yeah. So why do you like it so much? Uh, two reasons, actually. Uh, I just talked about how I got into Harry Potter. After Goblet of Fire, they had, like, a three-year break, right, between publishing or something like that. I think it was three years. Yeah. Wow. And I kind of fell out of it after Goblet of Fire. And a couple of years later, I was like, hey, I wonder if I'm still even interested in this stuff anymore. Mm. And my dad just so happened to have Order of the Phoenix lying around. I picked it up and I started reading and it got me hooked to like instantly. And awesome. I happened to finish Order of the Phoenix a week before Half-Blood Prince came out. So it was like the perfect timing of the situation That's incredible and yeah. i was hooked ever since again so <laughs> but yeah, him again th- there's there's some book issues that we can kind of get into but uh that i that i love and it's just an action-packed book so much going on uh which yeah, makes sense because it's like 800 and something pages so there's a I'm, lot to, lot to cover i'm just now remembering that that's how i like why I invited you on the podcast because you made some comment on our Twitter about liking this book and I immediately messaged you and I was like, please come on my show. <laughs> please. <laughs> I need someone who enjoys it to explain to me why I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. There's, a couple, there's a couple on our podcast that don't like it and then there's a couple that do. So we kind of have a good back and forth. Good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I had the experience. Was it really? It was three years between Goblet of Fire and Order. Uh, yeah, 2000 and 2003, I think. Wow. Okay, so yeah, I definitely ripped right through all of the books, especially mm-hmm. Goblet. I think I reread it a lot, which helped, which helped tremendously with like understanding what was happening for the next book. So yeah, that's sure. maybe that's why it doesn't feel like such a so much in between. But I do remember getting it and yeah, and this giant book and just like tearing through it, and getting to the end and being like, I mean, am I better than everyone? Like, am I super smart? Because I just yeah. read this like Definitely huge book. book at the time. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm. I think I'm going to Yale. You know, <laughs> what? Like it's hard. What? Like I it's know, hard. I, I know that was Harvard, not <laughs> Yale, but samesies, whatever. Same-sies. Couldn't get into either. So, <laughs> <laughs> woo. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you enjoy it, and like, you're not wrong, Dan. Like this book does have so much going on in it. Yes, and it's all of those things are like extremely fun for sure. Like I'm, I, I'm totally with you on that. But it's like it's so much, and then like in addition to all those fun things, there's a whole twenty page chapter about some like, standardized testing. Like mm. you know, it's <laughs> it's true. like 
It's like, okay, maybe I don't need to see like every exam. Like maybe this chapter, right? This chapter that we're here for today, I feel could have cut the whole thing. Is Joanne like a no child left behind type of, uh, (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised except that she's British. She is British. And I think that was before. Oh my God, don't, I can't, I can't start. I have no (laughs) idea what time anything happened, especially when I was a kid. Okay, last thing before we get started, Dan, what Hogwarts house are you? Oh, yeah. So that's kind of been a joke on our podcast because I identify as Ravenclaw. I've always identified as a Ravenclaw, except uh, at some point on, I guess, it's Wizarding World now, uh, I started taking tests and I started to test more Hufflepuff. And hey. I've now determined that, so <laughs> I had a really bad concussion in like 2015. Holy oh shit. Oh my God. It yeah. changed Everything about who you were as a person, oh yeah. including your Hogwarts house. So it's just joke. like those NFL guys. I'm sorry, yeah. but different because it's like a in a cute bit. way. Yeah. The <laughs> the joke is like, oh, I'm the really smart house. Then I had a, like a brain injury, and now I'm like Hufflepuff. <laughs> but, um, Third yeah. or nothing. Third or nothing. I have- am proud to associate with Hufflepuff. They're a great yes. house. Hell yeah. I'll have you know that this is a 100% Hufflepuff Zoom call right now. Holy all shit. Around. Yeah. <laughs> it rarely happens. So, and usually Huff's when supremacy. it. Yeah. Usually when it happens, it's intentional. So. Yeah. I'm like, well, let's get three idiots all on the same call and we'll just uh, shoot the shit, smoke some weed. So like, you, yeah. You really love Goblet of Fire with like Cedric Diggory being the everything, right? <sighs> I. Carrying Loved the torch. Cedric so much and wanted so much better for him. Not yeah, only same. his death, but also his entire character arc. <laughs> yeah. I just like also wish that they had int- shit that Joanne had introduced Cedric, like, you know, just a little earlier. Maybe like don't invent this character and then kill him off in the same book, you know. See, we had we got into a big argument when they finally introduced Cedric in prisoner. And we have a lot of Gryffindors on my podcast. So Gryffindors treat that's a lot him. Of, that's more than one is a pl- is way too many. It's, it's a lot of Gryffindor energy. It definitely yeah. is. But when he showed up and I gave him a ton of credit for wanting to replay the match that Harry got injured in. And I'm like, that's totally Hufflepuff wanting to be like, yeah, hey, that wasn't fair. Sure. That wasn't cool. We won, but let's replay it because mm-hmm. that wasn't fair. And Gryffindors were like, man, everybody would do that. That's not special. And I'm like, I work in athletics. Sportsmanship is a rare quality. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I've common. seen... I've seen people like lose their fucking mind about sports. First of all, that they're not even playing. They're just a fan <laughs> or a spectator. Yeah. Like yeah. that is, if you've ever been with like your, if, this is my perspective. If you've ever been in a room full of your dad's friends all watching yeah. football and like, you're not really paying attention, but you flinch every time they all scream. So I used to work at a uh, sports bar, which is just really Did hilarious. Really? Yeah, it's really hilarious if you know anything about me. I don't know what's funnier, the fact that I worked at a sports bar or that I was a waitress you at were, a sports oh, well, bar. Well, you couldn't have been a bartender bar too high. <laughs> right, but I couldn't have been a waitress because bar short. too high. Oh, that's a short joke. I'm I'm five foot nothing. Yeah, it's hard in the Zoom. It's You got to tell people how tall you are. <laughs> I'm five foot zero, friends. <laughs> um, I'm not five foot zero. So. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I worked at a sports bar where we were, um, we had w- required to wear these like really tight, low cut t-shirts. And, um, I know nothing about sports. In fact, like at that time, especially I actively hated them, but it was right next to my dorms. <laughs> so oh, like, yeah. well, I had to do it. Yeah, yeah. And, but I will say uh, having like on Sundays, if I had to ever work on Sundays, it was like 
it wasn't even like the tips are good because a lot of times guys will just like sit like a table of like 20 will just sit at a table for like four fucking hours. Why do the games take so long? That's too okay. long for one game. Hey, Lila, I'm sorry. This actually isn't our sports slander <laughs> podcast. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, wait, how did we get here? You know what? Who are we talking Cedric. about? Cedric. Talking oh, about Cedric. Oh, Cedric. Well, uh, I wish the wish the plot had done him better. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Dan, have you seen Puffs? No. I highly recommend the play Puffs. It's on Amazon Prime for, I think, $3. And it's, what was it? Um, Oh, my God. What school was it? But it's Michigan? like a play. No, no, no. It, that was a very fun musical. Yeah. Uh, it's like, a, what do they call it? A live shot? Uh, like they like Hamilton, they did like a live mm-hmm. shot. Isn't that what it's called? Okay. Of Puffs. And it's about like what were the Hufflepuffs doing during this whole series. And it's incredibly fun and hilarious, especially if you're a Hufflepuff. And Cedric is a very exceptional, well-realized hero of a character in that play. And I so gotta that's, check this that's, out. Yeah, that's it's my amazing. Cedric. That's cool. That's my Cedric, yeah. <laughs> um, I love it so much. So we're here today to talk about chapter three of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, the advanced guard. Oh, yeah, that thing. Okay. Yeah, so you might remember that uh, last week on Harry Potter, Harry is really, really grumpy. He got attacked by some Dementors. He defended himself with magic. He got five letters in a row saying, you're expelled, you're not expelled, you're definitely not expelled, don't fucking go anywhere, and remember my last petunia. Uh, and then he's like, I'm not going anywhere. And then I can't remember if Vernon is like, you're grounded. You can't leave your room. Or if Harry is like, I hate you all. I'm not leaving my room. But one of those two things happens. (laughs) I think he's grounded. Yeah. I think he's grounded. And and then he's also like, fuck you. I like my room and you guys suck. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It was weird to see Petunia kind of come in as a more defensive character in that chapter, though, randomly after, uh, after the, crazy aggressive echoing howler that that they got she goes oh no no he's staying we're, we're good everything's cool we're cool i would love to ask the two of you i think i brought this up in last week's episode but um if you were dumbledore and you knew that petunia dursley was about to kick out harry and like you don't want that to happen and you wanted her to remember that there is some magic at play that she's participating in and she needs to not turn him out of her house. You're going to send her a howler to remind her of this. Uh, do you say in that howler, remember my last Petunia? Is that the message that you would pick to <laughs> convey what you're trying to do, Dan? I actually did think of that. Uh, no, because that seems like <laughs> super, super vague. And I, yeah, I, I don't know yes. that Petunia would pick up on that. Uh, I don't know what I'd say, though. What about you, Leela? Do you know? Um, I think it's great. I think it's, like, just the right amount of drama and, like, unnecessary <laughs> vagueness. True. It's vague enough so that no one else knows what they're, what it's talking about. Just to, just for that extra layer of mysteriousness for no reason. And then, but, <laughs> but it's, and I feel like that, the vagueness is what makes it so dramatic. It's, like, four words, like, remember my last petunia. Wait. And it's, that's it, right? I- Time out. Are you saying Dumbledore is vague and dramatic? <laughs> I'm just saying it's a great example of right. um, how to be loud even when you're just writing something down. And sometimes less <laughs> is more. Many times less is more. You know, I would probably say something like, 
Petunia, we talked about this. Dumb (laughs) bitch. Petunia, don't do it. You can't do this, I thought. Petunia, we talked about it. Or you could just be like, Petunia, really? Don't do it. Don't do it. Anything would be less vague than remember my last his last what words? I mean, and it's in, it's <laughs> it's written in British, so they they like they be they be like that sometimes. Did he send her a different howler then? Is that what he's talking about? Like, did he specifically send her another howler? <laughs> I remember <laughs> the last howler. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I love that so much. Like the last howler was like, but Tony, like, I need to tell you about this crazy magic I just did. <laughs> Like a long paragraph in a howler form would be great. Like explaining the whole situation. Shoot you really quick. Let me tell you the story of this child. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's the official stance of the podcast now is that he meant to remember my last howler. (laughs) (laughs) So Harry, in his room, he writes the same letter three times. Mm -hmm. I've just been attacked by Dementors and I might be expelled from Hogwarts. I want to know what's going on and when I'm going to get out of here. He's like, I'm going to mail one to Sirius, one to my best friend Ron, and one to my best friend Hermione. But there's no owl. So he's just pacing and full of rage. (laughs) As an angsty 15-year-old does. He's been doing a lot of that so far. We're on page like 41. Oh, you just get ready. a lot of that, yeah. But then he's mean to Hedwig. Hed- Hedwig. Yes. <laughs> Hedwig. He's just mean to her for no reason. We know. We In the past, you've been mean to her and you've regretted it. Like, she didn't do anything wrong, bitch. And and she's she picks up on the tone and, and everything well, immediately. And have you ever, like, rolled up to, like, <laughs> your significant other or, like, someone in your life? Like, I'll, I'll go up to my husband and I'm like, uh, like, he just got home from work or, like, I just got home from work or something. And I'm like... <gasps> Hey baby, oh my god, how are you doing? I was thinking we could have some pizza for dinner, and he's in like a terrible mood, and it, he's just like a brick wall, and it's yeah. like, oh no, the energy is bad now. Like what if Hedwig was like, Dad, I caught the biggest mouse on my travels, and I've had a great adventure, and he's like, fuck you, take these, go. He says, put that down or something like that. And Hedwig like, didn't he? mumble like some hooting or something like that through the frog or something like that when he came in and Harry yeah, he was like hur, hur. <laughs> <laughs> like hi dad yeah, something like that <laughs> oh, it's so um, cute. get going oh, then it's so cute. and she says get going go can't you see yeah. I don't want you anymore he wipe fangs no. her <laughs> no well and then she leaves with the letter she well first he's like he's like don't come back without answers I don't care if you have to injure these people I'm really <laughs> mad <laughs> Fair and enough. Then, and then she leaves and he's like extra grumpy now because he's he was mean to her. Yeah, it's like he can't he can't win when he tries to do something. It just makes it well, that's Harry for you. Just making it exponentially worse every time he tries to do something yeah, positive. L- literally. Literally. So then Harry Potter falls into a very grumpy, grumpy sleep. Uh and there he stays. This chapter has like uh to me the biggest and in- I'm not a psychologist I'm not a brain doctor I'm not even a person who has depression but Harry talks about laying in his bed for hours at a time doing absolutely nothing just like staring at the ceiling waiting for something to happen to him and to me that just screams depression right like that's it's not t- uh, at least in, in my very limited experience it's not like 
crying so sad all the time. It's like yeah. this like void feeling. Yeah. It's like an emptiness. But also I feel like what the fuck else is he supposed to do? He's in literal solitary confinement. Like you can only read your, you know, few books that you have so many times. Say, I was just about to say I would definitely read. <laughs> I would read so much. Well, it's like you have this teenage boy just going through this super traumatic experience where he watches a friend die and then he's confined in his room and no one's telling him anything even though he's witnessed the you know voldy return and it, i can imagine him just stewing and stewing and just mm. not a lot of people have the complaint of harry's angst in this book a lot of it's justified of yeah. like hey no one's informing me i was the one that witnessed it my friends aren't really and i think you guys talked about it on their your chapter one of him getting these letters and them telling him nothing like hey this is there are really important things going on but we can't tell you anything really like that's just gonna make me more and more angry right. as i go that's like they're trying to manufacture fomo yeah i I'm completely with you that all of his angst in this book is justified, pretty much all of it. But I, at the same time, I feel that it is too much. Like, the narrative should be doing better for Harry. Not that Harry needs to be doing better for the narrative. You know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> That's what I thought with this book. And I think your guest in, in your chapter one also mentioned it. With Like, this book, you get it. And then you go to Half-Blood Prince and you're just like, oh, this is too much. That, that's, that's where I get the, oh, uh, this is a bit much. I don't know why. Like, I don't remember him being, like, quite so angsty in that book. And it's definitely the book that I'm the least familiar with, Half-Blood Prince. So I'm excited to revisit it in Check's Watch 10 months. So for the next three days, Harry's just trapped in his room waiting for answers to his letters pretty much. And he keeps getting madder and sadder and more and more stressed about being expelled. I mean, obviously. Yeah. That's a long time. Three days to be stuck in your yeah, room. Especially without the internet. Yeah. Torture. Yeah. No TV. No. At least if you had like a TV to put on almost any show, you could like give your brain a bit of noise, you know? Yeah. So they don't talk about it. And I think we can, I guess, just we're supposed to think it's implied. But I mean, are they allowing him to like to bathe and relieve himself? a fair point they don't actually oh he just pisses right out the window what about the poo <laughs> i have no idea well because i think in he's been imprisoned by these people a couple times and i think in a previous book it specifically mentioned that he was allowed to go to the restroom like twice a day or something like that which first of all you're not giving that kid enough water if twice a day is doing the trick mm. uh but also you're right. They don't mention it at all. Like the door doesn't open. So maybe he has a little piss corner, uh, a chamber pot, a chamber pot. Vernon does mention like when he leaves for the great, great competition, which we'll get to later. But oh, yeah. uh, he specifically <laughs> mentions, hey, I'm locking your door. Yeah. Which I thought was just weird. Like, why would he even have that interaction? I figured Vernon would just do it and leave without having to talk to Harry. But I think he wanted to. Well, we can get to it, but I. Well, no, we could talk about one evening the Dursleys go out. Uncle Vernon is wearing a suit. He's being very smug. He's like, I won an award because my guard, my front lawn is excellent. So I think he went in there to brag. Mm. <laughs> like, I think he went in there to be like, well, people still value me. So I guess you're a bitch to Harry. <laughs> that would be a Vernon thing to do. You're right. But then he doesn't get the pushback that he was looking for. So he just yeah, kind of like, whatever. See if I he's just kind of like, well, all right, then. Bye. 
It was a very <laughs> interesting description of Harry's reaction because it's like Harry just like rolled his head over and then like rolled it back to stare at the ceiling. Yeah, it was a very dramatic head roll from Harry. I can picture Daniel Radcliffe doing that so vividly. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, when I was approximately 15 years old and I was feeling extremely angsty, my parents would do all kinds of things. You know, I wasn't very well behaved, um, but like they would take my door from off my room oh, so that wow. I didn't. They freaky Friday'd you? They freaky Friday'd me, but I was a rich kid, not a rich adult. Don't worry about it. And so I had a walk-in closet with a door and a bathroom in my room with a door. So in order to find privacy, I I spent a lot of time fully clothed in my bathtub because that's where I could like lounge without eyes upon me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like Harry is like that energy, (laughs) like laying in the bathtub. And my mom would... Uh, punish me from reading fiction because I didn't really value TV or internet or anything. But like if she took away my novels, that affected me. So I would like take my, I would very spitefully like take my biology textbook into the bathtub and read it cover to cover. (laughs) Oh my God. Out of spite. (laughs) And I still got really bad grades. (laughs) Cause like how much can you absorb of text, just reading a textbook? God, don't have kids. One day they'll be 15 and you'll still have to take care of them. You have three more years after that. And you have to like learn the stuff to help them with homework. Uh, never. I'd never. No, you're oh. on your own. Figure it yeah, out. Yeah, you have math. <laughs> that sucks. Sucks to have math class. I graduated college, so. I got around the math class in college. I found a way around it. It was great. Wow. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yep. Classic Hufflepuff energy. (laughs) (laughs) Ravenclaw smarts. (laughs) I have lots of memories of my mom and dad, but mostly I think my mom would do it. Just like trying so hard to get me to understand my math homework and me just like angry crying, like hot tears. I've definitely angry cried over math more than once. I've angry cried over math with my poor beloved husband, Sean, because (laughs) I, for one semester of my adulthood, was like, career's not working out. I'm going to go become a teacher. They're like, you got to learn math for that. And I was like, well, I'm an engineer husband. If I'm going to learn math, now's the time to do it. I was wrong. I cried. We almost got divorced over that shit. We weren't even married yet. Yeah, because to math people, it's like their mind just gets it. So they're like, why? So you just do it and then you get it. Meanwhile, I'm like, hey, Sean, when you have friends over, you should put your phone away and pay attention to them. And he's like, does not compute. (laughs) Just kidding. I love my husband, Sean, uh, so much. Yeah, I tried my best to get out of calculus. Uh, So I went to Northern Illinois University. Calculus. And it was like a calculus lecture hall. And I was like, I don't want to do that. So I went to like a community college in my area that was teaching like how to do a mortgage, how to buy a car, like things like that. I'm like. Mm. That counts. That's exactly uh, what I did. I took my my hard science classes for college at my local community college. And because I did a liberal arts degree, I didn't have to take any math except for math for critical thinkers, which is exactly what you just described. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like math for idiots to make them be able to literally live their life without being (laughs) stupid. (laughs) And that's uh, extremely valuable. I got my A and I moved on. It was great. Yes, good for you. (laughs) We have a lot of tangents today. Well, good, because the chapter's almost fucking over. (laughs) It's like this chapter is so short and stupid.
So, yeah. And then Harry, like, the the Dursleys go and, like, Harry just lays there and he lets it get dark around him and he, like, can't even be bothered to turn on the light. And it's extremely sad to me. Reminds me of that scene from Twilight, A New Moon. Yes, I was just, if you weren't going to say Twilight, I was going to say Twilight. <laughs> when it's, like, um, Bella's super depressed and she's just sitting like this, like this one position. And staring at the same the spot. She's just sitting in a sitting position. And then, and then the soundtrack's like, all the possibilities. And then the camera goes around and around and it's like December, January, February, March. In the book, <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is Twilight 2. Uh, is that New Moon, right? Yes. It's <laughs> in the book. It's like it's like November. And then it's like a blank page. Blank page. And you turn the page and it's like December blank page. Yeah. Blank page. And like that is how they're portraying to you that she's depressed. And yes, that's the exact same energy we're feeling right here. Only oh, I respect I respect Harry's depression way more because Bella was just like the only man I've ever loved who canonically wanted to kill me <laughs> <laughs> and is canonically 50 years older than me. <laughs> uh, left me. Spoiler alerts for Twilight Newman. How dare you? I haven't. <laughs> All the possibilities. That soundtrack slaps, though. It does. No, it does. There, the the whole. Well, it gets less good, but the first, <laughs> I think, two for sure are very good. Um, I, I'll oh, go ahead. Please, I think please we save can, us from talking about Twilight. <laughs> yeah, shifting back to Harry Potter. Uh, <laughs> Thank I, you so much. You're welcome. Uh, no, I uh, I think we've established that. Every character, like literally every character mentioned in this series needs therapy, like oh needs God. real, actual therapy. And it seems to not exist in this world like, at all in any form or fashion. Yeah. And like uh, all of these like rogue boys, like <laughs> I'm thinking like Sirius and like Lupin, like all <laughs> and like Ron, all these boys. <laughs> and Lupin's they the closest we therapy. get to a therapist in this like. That's about it. Well, and I think it's extremely telling what I just said. Actually, I'm realizing that was actually a very poignant point that like all of the boys, especially because all of the women, the the few women in this book do so much emotional labor, like especially like Hermione for Ron and Harry and Molly Weasley for her whole family. Sure. Oh, yeah. And like G Ginny to some extent is like, oh, you're misunderstanding or like you didn't do that right. And they're like, oh. And even later in this book, Ron is like, Hermione, we need you to write a book about girls because I'm a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> uh. the the women in the series definitely pull you back to like uh, ground zero, like a centered. State. Yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. totally, totally. So he's just sitting there, and there's a crash off in the house, and he is uh, like burglars, and then he's like, wow, that's a really loud burglar and it sounds like there's 15 of them also. So that's just, that seems like a lot that I, I that's good for him. Cause I would be like, Oh fuck a burglar. And I would notice <laughs> no details and I would panic and I would get in the closet and just wait for it to be over. To the point you just made about women kind of being a, a grounding force. We meet uh -huh. one right in this group who <laughs> we meet like the true real mad eye moody for like really the first time. Yeah. And you just get this, like, Honks just reels him back in. Like, what What are you doing? What are you talking about? This, you're being ridiculous. Come bring, bring it back in. Bring it back in. I love it. Yeah, so there's a group of people 
on the stairs, uh, Mad-Eye Moody, whom, as a reminder, Harry has never met. And Harry's like, I'm suspicious now because someone was pretending to be you last year. <laughs> but then there's also Lupin. So Harry's like, I'm not suspicious because you're one of the few adults I've ever trusted. Yep, pretty much. Finally, someone lights their wand and Harry can see Moody, Lupin, and some weird magicians he's never met before. The woman, Tonks, says Watcher, which yeah. I have never, I have read this book 12 times. I've never looked this up before, but I, my notes say, uh, I've never looked this up before, but I shall do so now. And then there's like a new bullet point. <laughs> it's a throwback Cockney word for what up. That's what Watcher means. Ooh, oh my God. So Tonks. I like it. So Tonks, it has a Cockney accent canon. All right. <clears throat> let me do my best. I guess. I'm yeah, just I kidding. <laughs> <laughs> let me know. Um, they want to make sure it's actually Harry and not an imposter, which, like, I think Harry's face should say he's not an imposter right now because he's probably like, what <laughs> his, the fuck? His gaunt face and haunted eyes should should make it well aware that he is who he says oh. he is. It's clearly oh, yeah. Harry. No one could, uh, no one could feign that kind of trauma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in order to make sure that it's actually Harry, Lupin asks, what form does your Patronus take? Don't forget that the Patronus is going to come up a lot this book. A little <laughs> is bit. true that Couple you of times. I'm a corporeal Patronus? And then Tonks is like, hey, Watcher, <laughs> I told your stupid uncle that he won a fake prize, and they sent him away to accept the reward. But there is no <laughs> reward, and we're here to take you away. <laughs> How Dursley is that award name? The All England Best Kept Suburban Lawn. Isn't that like Dursley persona? Like that is just perfect. Well, and it's a drought this year. They mentioned in the first chapter that it's a drought. So that lawn probably looks awful. Yes. But just plays right into that vain Vernon Dursley lifestyle. Yeah. I wonder how she knew that that was the key. Like who gave her that inside info? Like, hey, if you're going to fool Vernon Dursley, here's how. There's something extremely puckish about Tonks, like pretty immediately. Oh yeah, like just the yeah, the, sure. the little the mischievous glint in her eyes. Yeah, and but also like just like the total awareness of everything that and everyone. She can read people pretty easily, it seems. Except her own body, she has no idea what that is yep. doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She does True. seem like the odd one out in this group. Like sh- everybody seems fairly serious, fairly like. Uh, kept under control, very calm. And then she's just like, hey, what up, guys? What's going on? Oh, probably smart to turn on the wand. And, you know. I almost feel like Lupin and Mad-Eye were like, were like leading this because it's like, you are like a very badass horror and you are someone that Harry knows and trusts. So like the two of you figure it out. And I feel like Lupin was like, let's let's bring Tonks. Like Harry's not going to like, all these grownups like fawning over him, you know, like let's bring this silly idiot. He'll like that. I honestly, does. I forgot half these people even showed up for this. Honestly. Yeah. There's a character named uh, Hestia. Yeah. Yep. Sturgis, Sturgis Podmore. Let's, is that right? Yeah. Let's get into it. Yep. Cause I counted. So first we've got Lupin. So that's mm-hmm. one. Lupin. Then we've got, uh, Tonks. We've Tonks. got Kingsley. We've got Elpheus Doge, Dodge, Dodge. Yeah, I don't know. Um, he comes up in he comes up in the seventh book. He has a yeah medium important line or two. Okay, Daedalus Diddle Diggle, Daedalus Diggle, classic. Tell us all this time. He pops up everywhere. You least expect it. Is it okay? Emmeline or Emmeline Vance? Yep, 
Yeah, okay. And then I'm only remembering these names like this because I read this chapter like two hours ago. And then Sturgis Podmore. <laughs> and Sturgis Podmore. We'll probably never hear from him again. Hestia Jones. I don't think we No, we do yeah. hear from Sturgis Podmore again. He he's he's uh he gets murdered because he something about them I I almost forget, even though I read this book like two weeks ago, but Sturgis Podmore, uh I think he's like the first guy who gets caught guarding the Department of Mysteries oh, in this yeah. book. Okay. And they, like, kill him or something. No, they arrest him. Or I don't fucking remember. No, the guy's name is Bode, who they kill. Wow, stay tuned. We'll fucking figure it out as we go. Um, So that is a lot of people, and they say that they hang a little lampshade on it. They're like, yeah, that's a lot of people, but everyone wanted to come meet you. And, like, that, I'm not buying that explanation because Mad-Eye Moody would never let yeah. the... Operation Spiral because people wanted to meet Harry. That's so impractical. Eight people, a a team of eight. No. Yeah. Yeah. So Lupin tries to introduce Harry to Mad-Eye Moody and Harry is like rejects it. He's like, I know (laughs) because he like he feels like he knows Mad-Eye Moody already, even though he doesn't because and it's so funny to me because uh, Harry is so deeply unlike myself. There's no world in which I, Christina, I'm not like, wow, that's fucking weird because I thought I knew you last year, but it wasn't even you. This is so awkward. Nice to meet you. Shake your hand. Like, there's no world in which I'm not drawing attention to how awkward that is. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I also, I guess, like, we're not English. So, yeah, you know. Harry's just like, yikes, don't bring it up. It's m- most uncomfortable. That, yeah. And let's be real. Is this really the weirdest thing that's happened to him? <laughs> no. I guess not. <laughs> this is pretty much par for the course, right? Well, and considering how like brain dead he's been for a couple days, he's probably kind of shocked right now. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. Like people talking to me, interacting. Yeah. Someone's looking at me. Someone's making eye contact with me. <laughs> <laughs> so then Lupin is like, "This is Nymphadora Tonks. We haven't fucked yet, but I'm gonna fuck her someday." <laughs> oh, he's thinking about it. He's thinking about it. Oh, he's thinking. We're all a little bit thinking about it. She can make herself look like anybody. God, obviously everyone wants Tonks. <laughs> she hates her first name, Nymphadora. Do we think that's because of nympho jokes? Yeah. Um, 100%. Oh, nympho. <laughs> okay. Or like if maybe Joanne didn't know about that, like just nymph- <laughs> nymphs in general. Like, oh, it's so girly and feminine and they're like seductresses. And- yeah. And then Silly. Tonks is like, I'm not like other girls. Exactly. She's not like other girls. She's like the Zoe De Chanel of, of the series. It's a good okay. comparison, actually. It's a really good comparison. <laughs> it's true. It's she, true. She would like an um and yes man jo- Zoe De Chanel which has, which I can I consider to be like the pinnacle of her not like other girls career. Um, she has that band that only plays like at that one bar and they all dress up like cosplay as like underwater creatures and she cosplays oh as God. a mermaid and she's like, you can't ever call me after 11 p.m. Wow. That one's not in the memory bank. I don't remember that. I, w- I could see. I could, oh, my God. I almost said Nymphadora. Wow. I could see Tonks creating a band like that. Like if anyone's going to create a wizard band, it's going to be uh, Tonks. We have had on the show uh, Steph, lead singer of Tonks and the Aurors. Oh, on that's this true. Show I forgot. <laughs> I forgot the band is called that. <laughs> but that's because it would because Tonks should be in a band for sure. Yeah. And if you haven't checked out Tonks and the Aurors yet, please do. They have uh, also a Percy Jackson album, which is extremely cool. Nice. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So um, I want to circle back to a man whom I love and respect, uh, mm-hmm. but the narrative does not. And his name is Kingsley Shacklebolt. 
And he is a, I do too, but he is a black man and his last name is Shacklebolt. Oh. That's a dead stop. Oh. We need to talk about this. Us three three white people need to talk about this (laughs) for a second. (sighs) Okay. I was... Nope, go right ahead. Do you have something to say? Well, I, I was I'm just <laughs> I was wondering with the the previous discourse that I've heard recently about Kingsley, we don't say his last name and I was like I'm so dumb. I was like is it because like bolt like is it like a penis like a, a phallic <laughs> thing that we're not okay with? That's unusual unusual yeah, for the a, group. A sh- what do you call it's not a cock ring, but it's like a cock prison for like BDSM stuff. What is that called? I don't remember. Oh, gosh. Uh, Let me go get shackle, mine. Shackle bolt for your... Better be careful cock. Googling that and you're going to go down a real... <laughs> uh, cock prison. <laughs> JK Rowling is a racist person. She... Oh, I'm so sorry. Joanne, uh, our, our ex-best friend Joanne is a racist person. She's also a sexist person. She's also a transphobic person. We could talk about those things at other times, but we're here today to talk about how she is a racist person because Kingsley Shacklebolt is a bad name for a black man. Yeah, that's like you, you almost feel like you almost feel like both the name Kingsley and the name Shacklebolt are both just vibes that she's gotten from black people that she like doesn't know any. And she's like, well, they like to say king, <laughs> which she probably does not understand what that's about. And, uh, you know, they were enslaved in the Americas. So uh, Shacklebolt. So she had Dean Thomas, which is a very generic, straightforward name. Dean Thomas. Best. That's exactly how you write a black person. Just like as if they're a regular person. <laughs> right. Then where do you deviate to have this awesome character who's profoundly powerful and cool to just yeah i don't know where the disconnect is i really think it's that like joanne does a lot of character building in her naming like daedalus diggle like you know what that man's about you know what i mean (laughs) tonks she doesn't like nymphadora tonks only like you kind of get a vibe from that so like i think dean thomas is a a character like a fully realized character he's there the whole time all the kids in school have like I, i say normal names like relatively normal names uh, I mean, Draco Malfoy, <laughs> but like, besides that, they have like, I think what I, what I could, would consider to be like a legally accept, acceptable names, like a nurse in the hospital would permit it. We need an Irish name, Seamus Finnegan. That's very Irish. <laughs> there you go. So that circles us back to how Joanne Rowling is, uh, nope, I'm just hitting her with the Joanne is a racist person. Um, have you, there's this, hold on. I'm going to have to think about how to look this up because it's, one of the funniest things I've ever seen on the internet was a thread about like, uh, like describe yourself like J.K. Rowling would, <laughs> or like uh-huh. it, it was it was a lot of like self-deprecating racial humor that people were posting, and it was extremely hilarious to read. And I will try to find it and post it. I'm not even going to attempt to bullshit one of those jokes as a yeah, white person. <laughs> but she's racist. We had we have Cho Chang. That's a racist way to name somebody. That's like a it's Kingsley Shacklebolt. That's a racist way to name somebody. 
So because we love Kingsley and he's an incredible character Mm -hmm. and we wish the narrative did him better, we are going to not mention this again because we don't like to harp too much about the ways in which Joanne has disappointed us. And for the rest of this book and beyond, we're going to refer to him only as Kingsley. Uh, Opposite Tonks, we would like to only use his first name. That's his preferred name because that man is a king. I will say like too, like you mentioned, there were enslaved people in the Americas there were enslaved people in Europe and England as well. Now, sure. granted, um, they they ended slavery about 100 years earlier than us. So it's a little bit further out of their... Well, and it's also a little bit differently be- different because they didn't do like the chattel slavery through the American slave trade, like directly from Africa the yes. way that we did. They also they had diverse enslaved people in Britain uh, for diverse reasons. Yeah, but they still like I guess like if you're talking like way way back, but like I'm even like in the 1700s or so, there were they had they had enslaved people persons from Africa. Um, like we did. So it's not like it's that far out of her lexicon. I think it's just like she should have known better. Yeah, exactly. Bottom line is she should have fucking known better or an editor should. Yeah. Anyone. (laughs) I'm a book editor. As an editor, I would read this. I would be like dead stop. Everything about this is great, except for this is a super racist name and we cannot publish this period. Like that's how that conversation would go. And the author would change it immediately because no one wants to be racist, period. Like, <laughs> yeah. And if you do the whole like, I'm, it's not racist and then like really like cling to it and die on that hill, just like Joanne loves to do for some fucking reason. She's like, first of all, I'm not transphobic. And to support this, yeah. I'm going to write a 1000 page novel yeah. about a transphobe who isn't a transphobe. Okay. Right. Right. So it's like, what girl, it's like, what are you, what is you doing? Like, you're just like digging this hole for yeah. yourself. It's, yeah. it's almost like self-sabotage. So there's only no, so much. exactly self-sabotage. Yeah. Only so much we can do, but watch her burn. Well, yeah. And like our stupid little 10 year old brains didn't know. We weren't looking for critical theory. We weren't looking right. for racist stuff back then. We assumed nobody was racist because racism is evil. A hundred percent honesty here. I never really thought much about the name, to be honest. What always got me was the description of the look. And I was like, that seems odd. Like, What is it? Do you have it in front of you? I don't have it in front of me, but it's like it, it describes like a super deep, masculine, calming yes. voice. And he like definitely a, is like, um, yeah, like like a. James Earl Jones energy. It is. Yeah. It, it, yeah. He, he definitely is like riding the edge of being a stereotype. For yes. Sure. Uh, he I has think like an for- earring. Yes. Yep. yep. And a bald head. And in the movies, they put him in fucking like I don't know if they're actual yeah. like traditional African clothes, but they carry compared to the other people in the movie. They ca- and he has a, he actually I think has an African accent. I'm not sure from where. It's definitely a non-British accent. I think in the movies, so they lean into it in the movies. Yes. That's that's always been the part that's kind of been. You know, head tilting to me of just like so none of it's hmm. good. <laughs> and this character is great, and you oh, great should character. do more for him. Yeah. The only good line he has in this whole fucking book is saying Dumbledore's got style. I no, that's not even in it's the a book. movie that's memory. In the, that's in the movie. Oh, it's a movie memory. I'm carrying on. So they're like, "Hey, we gotta go. We're flying." <laughs> and he's like, "Are we going to the burrow?" And they're like, "No, don't worry about it. Just go pack up your stuff." <laughs> He's like, please, someone tell me anything. No, (laughs) 
they he's like, what's up with Voldemort? And he Moody's like, we'll <laughs> fucking talk about it when we get there. <laughs> oh yeah, can we talk about that for a second? They mention or Harry starts to say Voldemort. Yeah, doesn't even yeah. say it, and right. he just gets odd hissing noises back at him, <laughs> like a cat when you sneeze too loud. <laughs> These adult wizards are now hissing. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. We haven't talked about this in a long time, but on our one of our first, maybe the first episode ever, we were talking about the how hard it is to understand this in adults, like the fear of the name. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I think the example we used was like Hitler, and it's not like all of us are like, oh, like the name itself sends chills down my spine. I mean, it's not good. We don't like to think about him, but it's not like a visceral, physical thing. I feel like as a child, it was like, I, I think I maybe assumed like saying the name like drew him closer to you somehow. Ooh. But I don't know if I made that up. Well, we see a taboo placed on it. So if you say his name, he'll pop up or That's his later. death eaters will pop up. But yeah, I think a lot of it stems from like that first wizarding war. Like we don't get nearly enough information about it, but you see hints of it like. In uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, you see McGonagall talking about it. And this strong female powerhouse of McGonagall almost breaks down. She's like, it's it was awful. Like, it was really terrifying to be in that world. And you hear Pettigrew talk about it, like the fear, the, the suspicion. Lupin, everybody thought he was a spy because everybody was a spy. Because that's the fear yeah. that he, like, put in everybody. Like, it was okay. a terrible time. So almost like a winter is coming type of vibe. Like yeah. with that, yeah. like, you know, the adults are, are all like, you know, that the, the one nursemaid or whatever is like, you, what do you know of winter child? You know, you don't do oh, oh, yeah. Don't speak oh of God. winter. Yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah. That's good, Layla. I haven't watched that in a long time, but I know exactly what you're talking about. It was a good scene. It was a good scene. Yeah, it was a good scene. Back in the day. <laughs> so Harry needs to go back. Tonks is following him. She's like, yikes, these people are kind of like creepy clean. You know what I mean? And then (laughs) Harry opens his bedroom door and she's like, oh, thank God. This is exactly right. Uh, It's a shit show. He's depressed and a child. So the room's not cute. Yeah. Tonks goes to the mirror and she changes her hair from purple to pink. And Tonks gets to explain to us what a metamorph magus is. It's a stupid word. It is a stupid word, and the stupid bitch, Joanne, capitalizes all her stupid words, uh, like metamorph magus and horror and owl treats. <laughs> Did she really capitalize owl treats? I didn't notice. Yeah, it, hold on. I'm Hold on. I know I wrote it down. Owl treats. Okay, it happens literally in chapter Brand six name. of the noble. I did, I did a control F. No, chapter six, noble and most ancient house of black. She capitalizes owl treats like she invented the concept of treats. Sorry, me for stealing a cool line I wrote for later, but you're right. She the more I think about everything. it, everything. You're right. The more I think about it, she does capitalize some very odd words. Yeah, and that's like, like I, I work in books. I publish a lot of science fiction and fantasy, and that is like rule one for world building: is if you capitalize something, you're drawing attention to it as something that you have invented for this world. Because we don't capitalize things that happen to us in every day. If you lowercase them, you help them blend in as part of this world. So she's like, I invented Metamorph Magus, and I'm going to capitalize it. Yeah, I feel like this is further evidence of your theory that just, like, the editor just, like... Tapped out? Tapped out at this yep. book, because... Well, especially at this point, it's like, yeah. just make me money. Just just yeah. make me the money. 
They'll read good. anything. Yeah, yep. I have a feeling just based on you know history that that Joanne's not exactly the most you know receptive to any type of criticism. So I've worked with authors like that, and they're awful. Yeah, <laughs> terrible. Criticism is a gift. Take it. You have you graciously. Have- it's how you grow. You have to yep. be able to, it hurts, but you have to be able to take that information and grow from it. And yeah, exactly. So Tonks also tells us that she's clumsy. Like, what a quirky, silly, that's like so random <laughs> of her. I like how she describes like the aura training. And after you learn about her uh, super cool trick that she has, it's top marks in concealment and disguise. And then she nearly failed stealth and tracking. Which I just love that there's extra, like, a doctoral degree for ors. I, I, I love it. Stealth and tracking, that's big. Ranger energy, that's uh, some Aragorn shit right yep. there. I'm in my head canon. he's teaching that class. It'd be great. <laughs> and then Tonks is the Marion Pippin <laughs> yes. in that class together. So... Harry's like scrambling around trying to pack and Tonks is like, oh, I actually am a magician, so I can do this for you. Um, she packs it all by magic in one fell swoop. Let's talk about this. How does she know what to bring? It's not every object in the room. Yeah, I'm figuring that she it's almost like she does like a whole like maybe like grabs the bed like her, she takes the one and then like the bed sheet folds up and like gathers all the shit on the ground somehow scoops it up. Why does he need his bed sheet? He's going to, <laughs> to <a> help bed. <laughs> get it all together. I mean, I'm not a professional. <laughs> organizer. Mover. I think it's whatever clothes and or book. First of all, I don't think he has probably a ton of extra stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's it's Harry at the Dursleys. It's pretty much, yeah. you know, old clothes and his school stuff. So it's like, here we go. It's not like he has a PlayStation well, 5 or whatever. Well, well, okay, thought process mm-hmm. he is living in dudley's second bedroom which was <laughs> originally true. the toy graveyard and that's it true. did have a playstation in it <laughs> <That's canon. true. laughs> i was a broken playstation but it did exist so i think there's a bunch of crap in there still i don't think he would move that stuff out i don't know harry can't have such luxuries even broken things <laughs> I can't. how dare he I Broken PlayStation might give him hope that there might someday be a real PlayStation. Take it away. Yep, exactly. <laughs> She's ogling over the firebolt a bit, a bit. The text calls it an international standard broomstick. Huh, I wrote that down, but I don't remember why. Well, that's cool. He's got the pro level broomstick. Yeah, I read, literally my note just says, uh, with one question mark. Like, I have no idea why I wrote that down. They go back downstairs where all of the other magicians are checking out the funny muggle home. They're looking at the microwave and Hestia's like cackling over a potato peeler. Is that what the line is? Yeah. yeah. It's hilarious. I'm Hestia in this scene for like, sure. <laughs> Two of them are trying to figure out dumb. a microwave. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I like how she goes. Uh, I like I like how she goes. Uh, put your wand in your pocket. Okay, good. Both buttocks still on. Great. Let's go. All right. Yeah, because um, oh my god, I scheduled this. I scheduled this tweet. Hold on. Uh, Harry puts his wand in his back pocket. Don't put your wand there, boy! Roared Moody. What if it ignited? <laughs> Better wizards than you have lost buttocks, you know. <laughs> who who exactly, Mad Eye, has lost buttocks? I know. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Details. Whenever I'm like reading, our 
episode uh, chapter, I try to schedule quotes from the chapter, but this one is is not great for that. This is the only quote I pulled from the whole chapter is the lost buttocks quote. <laughs> A solid one. <laughs> so Mad-Eye Moody disillusions Harry. He's like, the cloak will blow right off. Wow, I was like half reading this. <laughs> My notes are like, why not the cloak? So Mad-Eye Moody tells Harry the plan. He's like, we're going to here. If anyone gets killed, <laughs> this is what we're going to do. And Harry's like, is that likely? <laughs> but like this exact scene happens in two years and several people do get killed. <laughs> yeah, no, that's all I could think about when reading this yes. scene. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like this yeah. is so much scarier in two books. Yep. Especially right after the comedic scene of it. Like the comedic yeah. changing. Yeah. Then... Everyone changing into Harry. That might have been the first time I think I actually gasped out loud while reading a book during the Seven Potters scene. Really? Yeah, I think that was the That's first cool. time. That's cool. Yeah. Scandalous. Uh, Everyone's hairy. Hedwig, I think? Oh, I think it God. was Hedwig. Oh, anyway. Can't talk about that. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so they're looking for a signal. <laughs> Sorry, it's all spoilers all the time, but I refuse to think about how Hedwig's going to die someday. <laughs> the first signal indicates that they should mount their brooms. The second signal indicates that they should take off. Why do they have two signals? Why do they have a signal at all? Why can't they just go? Uh, well, didn't they say they have like, so not only are there, there these nine people that came to rescue Harry, there's <laughs> right, apparently there's a, a backup. Yeah. There's like a second guard that he doesn't even there's see. There's the advanced guard and then the backup guard. Yeah. yeah so there's, who knows, <laughs> there's 18 people with this. I don't know. That's also a guard and B guard, advanced guard, backup guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so is the, is the backup guard sending two signals? Yeah, I think so. I think that's how I interpreted it. Okay. Do you, what are they ensuring? So wait, wouldn't they then be technically the advance guard? Wow. Because <laughs> they've gone on ahead, right? Yeah. Technically, wouldn't they then be the advance guard? Wow. I can't with <laughs> <laughs> We've been reading this wrong for years. <laughs> and like, why two signals? Like, why? I guess if you miss the first one, you'll yeah. see the second one. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, know, I don't know either. It should just be one and, hey, you're good. Go now. But yeah, seems like maybe some drama for drama's sake. Yeah. They just want fireworks. They just want to see fireworks. That's all it is. <laughs> so they, uh, I was going to say, blast off. They fly away is actually what happens. Um, Harry is so happy to be flying again that it cures his depression. Isn't that cool? <laughs> Not sure that's how depression works, but... <laughs> We'll keep he's going. like, oh yeah, life is worth living. Yeah. I yep. forgot. <laughs> he's having a he's going having a full Adina Menzel defying gravity moment. Oh my god, I'm seeing that <laughs> tomorrow. Wow, no, is that wicked? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing that tomorrow. I don't. Ah, I've never does. seen it before, so I only know through cultural. Uh, it's real good. Um, yeah. Real good. Hell yeah, I'm so excited. It's fun. Um, it doesn't have Adina in it. Uh, it's here in Richmond, but that's fine. Slightly yeah. worse then, but still good. Still good. <laughs> I do kind of relate to this because every time I get on my bike, I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot how fucking fun riding my <laughs> bike is. And I'm like, I can go so fast. So Wind whipping it. in the hair majestically. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And then I'm like, careful down the hills because I'm really I'm kind of clumsy. I'm not like other girls. There's some Quidditch style broomstick shenanigans. They're just flying about. I don't know, man. Nothing. At one point, Mad-Eye Moody's like, we should circle back and lay a false trail. And 
Tonks is like, no. We're right here. No. We're, we're not doing it. Um, and then they land. It sounds like a pretty miserable experience because they were all like yeah. frozen to their brooms. They were flying through. They wanted Moody wanted to fly through clouds, which Tonks Are points wet. out would get you like iced from all the moisture in the clouds. So it's no, no, we're not doing that. No. Yeah. None of it. No. So they descend and they land on a small square of grass. Harry does not know where they are. Moody pulls out Dumbledore's deluminator and turns out the streetlights. So here's a quick question. The book calls it a put outer. Correct. But but yeah. I remember the word deluminator. That's what in book that seven. From? That's in book seven. Oh, that's like the ministry approved word for it. it. Exactly. He gets left the deluminator. Uh, oh, okay. Which I... Oh, do vastly prefer that linguistically to put outer. That sucks. I know. And right? my uh, my edition, it's called an unlighter. What what edition what are you? Edition reading? do you? It's have? not. I thought the Hold normal one. Hold it up. Doesn't that look normal to you? Well, you. It's called an unlighter. Yeah. No, that's, that's that looks like the book I have. I wrote it. It looks like the book I have. I wrote it down. Yeah. It's the that's Scholastic different. hardcover. If anyone's wondering, the all blue cover. Yeah. Uh, tell us what your edition says because mine says put outer. Same. Unlighter? Un- how is unlighter is even worse than put outer? Is it? I think it's better. Put outer. That sounds like you can't. That's like something you just made up really fast. Ooh, that sounds like in the song um, from Greece, Summer Lovin', when all the boys are like, did she put out? But like in song form, was yeah. she a real put outer? Ooh, she was a real put out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I never thought of it tell that way, but more, now it tell me more. sounds exactly like it comes from Greece. You're right. <laughs> it's a musical heavy episode. It is. <laughs> Mad-Eye Moody hands Harry a note that says, the headquarters of the Order of the Phoenix may be found at number 12 Grimald Place, London. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's so, so stupidly dramatic. Why are they communicating this way? Because Dumbledore's the secret keeper. Okay, but they've come so far and told him nothing. Can't they just bring him inside? Now they're gonna is when they're gonna start communicating. It's so well, unnecessarily he dramatic. He can't, but he can't get inside until they tell him the address. Oh, it's like a special spell that's hidden. Yeah, you uh, didn't read. You didn't did. read ahead, Leela. <laughs> oh, after the after this chapter, yeah. No, I'm like in the middle because of the next chapter. It looks like the house number 12 isn't there until right. Harry learns Harry learns that number 12 is there and that's what he's trying to find and then the house appears because he has received okay. the secret from the secret keeper Dumbledore technically it's his handwriting. Okay, I feel like it wasn't that wasn't clear, but that's You're on the high alert for drama right now and I'm <laughs> I totally appreciate that. That's all right. Sometimes sometimes it's not drama and it's real magic laws. So, appreciated. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past Dumbledore to have some dramatic reveal in placement. I mean, this whole thing is technically a dramatic reveal, really. But. It is. Yeah. It's extremely dramatic. This whole chapter was extremely dramatic without much substance. <laughs> <laughs> Why, though? <laughs> well, that's the end of it. Dan, did you have anything that you want to circle back to or any final thoughts? Uh, not really. I, this is... A very much a transitional chapter before we get kind of into the whole Order of the Phoenix part of it. Right. Is that the name of the next chapter? No, the next no. chapter is number 12, Grandma Place. No, um, not really. It's having done this podcast, and I'm sure you, you all feel the same way. Looking at this critically versus a 
like just the Harry Potter fan that just reads this, takes it in, doesn't think twice about it most times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you start looking at some things like the Kingsley bit and other things. Right. And you're just like, oh. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so there, it's a little bit of that. Yeah, I've had the exact same experience. I just love that we met Tonks officially and mm-hmm. she's such a great uh, character. Uh, it- and we've met Mad Eye Moody officially. And we've met Mad Eye officially. And we can't leave out Sturgis Podmore and Hestia Jones. But uh, of course. But Tonks rocks your Hufflepuff love. So yeah. we mm. finally get another Hufflepuff. It's like the middle of the series is Hufflepuff. It's like, well, Cedric died. We have to give them another Hufflepuff because Ernie McMillan is a fucking bitch and Justin Finch Fletchley is an asshole. So we have to give them <laughs> something. And also later in the book, uh, I think it's Susan Bones, is it? Yeah. It's a couple Susan lines. And <laughs> like, Abbott is somewhere in there. I don't know. Yeah, we have to give these Hufflepuffs something to cling to. It's nice. I appreciate it. I I definitely can appreciate, just in general, a female character who is written with any amount of likability. Yeah. Is a relief. She's not a, Our bar- she's not a mom. <laughs> right. Uh, she's not a like mean disciplinarian, you know. Yeah. She's just talks. She's just chilling. Our bar is so low. <laughs> it's like I love a woman that I like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just even one. Not even they love. make Hermione really annoying too, yeah. you know. They make her like unbearable. Especially early. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So it's nice. I, I really appreciate seeing Tonks. I uh went to a Harry Potter themed um costume party in college and I dressed up as Tonks, so Nice. Cute. Tell everyone who you dressed up as for your high school musical themed party. <laughs> um, I dressed up as Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just had to put you on blast. It was okay. the funniest picture I've ever seen. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Out of all those characters, she picked Ryan. <laughs> I just like. I was like. I just. I'm not. Uh. I'm not a. A. a uh, Gabrielle. Gabrielle is not wasn't interesting enough for me to be honest. And well, and Sharpay is mean, and that's Char- two girls. That's two girls, and so there. That's all we have left. What am I going to be, Kelsey? Because I can play piano. That's what everyone was expecting. Oh yeah, no, you're right. You're a total Kelsey. <laughs> Just kidding. You're a Sharpay. Uh, this uh, is not a High School Musical podcast. Uh, are you all ready to move on to plugs? Sure. Sure. Hell yeah, Dan. Where can people find you and your podcast on the internet? So they could find the Hogwarts a podcast at uh, Twitter and Instagram at Hogwarts a pod. And if you're interested in some uh, sweet travel photography, you could check me out on my Instagram at Daniel underscore Allen 44. Um, and yeah, uh, just a quick shout out to Elizabeth and Anna who run our Twitter and Instagram. Much appreciation yeah. for those two lovely women. And they help us out quite a bit. And they helped me out quite a bit. So thank you to both of them. Yeah, soon we got some big stuff coming up. We got uh, a new logo coming out. We got some some merch coming out. I know. This is what I'm talking about. We're growing quickly, so we have to (laughs) struggle to keep up. Yes. Okay, uh, that's so exciting. Some fun things are coming along, so we're excited. Yes. And what have you been watching, reading, playing, listening to lately, uh, whatever, that you think the listeners of our podcast might enjoy? Well, I'm a big Marvel guy uh, and Star Wars because, you know, I'm just a huge nerd all the way around. So um, I'm watching a lot of the I'm watching She-Hulk now. Um, Ooh. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting ready for Star Wars with Andor coming out soon. 
I just finished uh, Barry on HBO, which is much different than any of that. Um, I don't know if you guys <laughs> have checked out Barry at all. No. But, uh, Bill Hader from Bill SNL Hader, yeah. is uh, essentially a hitman for hire who decides he wants to leave being a hitman to join an L.A. theater troupe. So oh, good for him. Oh my God, wait, that's really cute. It's really hilarious and also uh, aggressive. It's it's a fun show. Hilarious <laughs> so, and aggressive, okay. Hilarious right. and aggressive, it's great. I gotcha. And then uh, I'm really excited because uh, I just recently went to South America and I Ooh, get to read. Congrats. that's so cool. Yeah, and I get to read Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, but in Spanish. Ooh, Ooh that's yeah. awesome. I'm excited for that. Oh my gosh. Si, so. sí, que bueno. Love that. <laughs> Lila, where can people find you on the internet? Hello, crew. I've been Lila, rhymes with Vila and Sheila, um, not Layla. And drug dealer. Dr- mm, I'm not a drug dealer, mom. It rhymes, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm Lila Vila. <laughs> she doesn't rhyme with Sheila, but I'm a drug dealer. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram, at Twitter, and TikTok uh, at Leals for Reels. And um, I just wanted to plug actually um, a uh, local music artist. I feel like we don't get a lot of a ton of music plugs on this show. And I'd love to plug a gal from an indie artist from my own hometown, Lynn, Lucy Ooh. Dacus. If you've have either of you ever heard of her? Mm-mm. Actually, she's getting be- to be pretty big. Um, she's a member of the indie supergroup Boy Genius, which also has Phoebe Bridgers and Julian Baker in it. But she's really, really talented. She does kind of like indie folk rock. Many of her songs are based upon her time living and growing up in Richmond. So it's just like as a as a local, really fun to hear that and the lyrics um, and just really earnest and sad and mournful. Love that type of music. Um, awesome. Great rock. Um, also, just another layer that makes her even cooler. Um, at her, During her home video tour, that's her like her most recent tour where I saw her this past summer, she and her support act are donating all of the tips from the merchandise stand to their uh, to the organization Fund Abortion, Not Police. She's really cool um, and her music's great. Give her a listen. Awesome. Oh. Thank you so much. I've been your host, Christina. You know where to find me. And this week, I would like to recommend the 1995 movie Clueless. <laughs> Solid. Don't have much to say about it, but it's an old favorite. So please watch it. And that's it. Dan, thank you so, so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This has been fun. Yeah, it's been so fun. I love getting new perspectives on the show. And I also love making like new friends who are, who like get it, you know, like, wow, this is not as good as we thought it was. And it's taking a long time and I'm having a really good time, but like, Oh, okay. Let's break it down a little bit. You know, Mm -hmm. if you haven't already, please go check out Hogwarts, a podcast because it is a delight. And uh, apparently they're getting a new logo and some cool stuff soon. Ah. So hell yeah. You don't want to miss it. Before we go, I would like to say a few words. Donnie Brooke, Sealiquent, malarkey, comeuppance. Thanks so much. Have a good night, everyone. (laughs) It's probably morning when they're listening to it. That's it, potheads. Thanks for listening to the Restricted Section. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Christina Kahn. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Kahn. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Please connect with us on Twitter at RestrictedPod, on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, 
on Facebook at Restricted Section Pod or in our Facebook group, The Restricted Section Detention Crew. Join our Patreon to get access to our Discord server, our bonus episodes, and other cool perks. We're also very happy to be a member of Deus Ex Media, where all you fucking nerds can find all kinds of fandom podcasts to suit your fancy. Do you ever watch something? Or read something? Or play something? With your kid? Or with your mom? And then argue about it incessantly afterwards? Well, how about you listen to us do that for you? Check out our podcast, Fandom's Gone Wrong. An adult media podcast coming out every other Tuesday. On the Movie Night Crew Network. I was like, what's happening? Did a spider come in? Dave X Media.